and the actors are acting in front of you, it's as if they're acting only for you. I don't restrict their performance. You can never tell from an actor, from a leading actor, what he's going to do. Act yourself, figure out how to rehearse. You just have to do it. Try to not over-talk it or overthink it. Leave some mystery to happen. Because I was an actor myself, I know what they're going for. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Today, we are talking about obstacles. Obstacles are what makes life interesting. Obstacles will also make your actors interesting in scenes. Um, There are many kinds of obstacles. There's intellectual obstacles, there's emotional obstacles, and there's also physical obstacles. So today we're going to be covering physical obstacles. And in a later podcast, we're going to be talking about the other kinds of obstacles. But for today, it's just physical obstacles. Now, what is an obstacle? Um, An obstacle is basically going to be one of these uh, challenges for your actor to overcome in a scene. So we're talking physical. So basically, it's going to be something that's going to challenge the actor physically that they have to overcome. And it's going to like give the actor a lot of focus something to focus their attention on, something for them to achieve, something for them to mentally and physically overcome um, in order to achieve their goals as the character in the story. It's kind of a very simple and and kind of known amongst filmmakers and uh, and actors, but it it is very misunderstood on the basis of... uh, how to kind of play out a scene or like a given task. When we look at obstacles, we we should look at it in terms of how it can actually make a scene alive and more real because obstacles in themselves are actually found in in the everyday. They're always found in in, uh, any little task, any small uh, given action that we do in everyday life, we're always presented with with some little thing that we we tend to adjust on the basis of correcting it in our minds as ourselves. Now, as the character, it it all depends who they are and what they're given. So, the physical that we're talking about is like Dean said, it's it's the tasks that are given within within the scene, within the space, within the place, which you're actors are you know given and and put upon and and i guess you know the biggest thing that you can actually do whether you understand you know acting and 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 directing and how to work with your actors or you don't the, the biggest thing that you can do is is basically give actors physical actions that's the easiest way to you know to 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 make things more real and more grounded you know so if if in doubt always give them something of a sense to do now that given sense of what to do usually more often than not if if actors aren't professional or if they haven't thought it through or if they wouldn't want to challenge you um they'd find those actions on the basis of uh direct completion meaning there will be a sense of not taking in whatever it is that they're doing and allowing the little things to to transpire so if we take an example let's say of um you know putting on shoes right we put on shoes all all of us when we go out we we put on shoes or whatever whatever uh, footwear you put on 
you know, in film, if you have a similar situation where you have a character going out and they're putting on shoes or putting on a jacket or putting on a piece of clothing, um, and and that's the specific action that's that's given or that you give the actor to make it more alive and more seeming, uh, the handling of that object uh, should actually have a little bit of struggle, so or challenge, which. There is a reason for for doing it. It's it's not to be fancy. It's not to it's not to make it look good. It's 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 none of those things. It's it's because it does two things. It allows the audience to respond and go, well, that makes sense. You know, it, it there's there's a relaxedness in in handling an object, in handling the shoes in a way. If let's say um, one of the shoelaces has got a knot or you know, uh, the the other shoe has a sock in it. You know, that's there's, there's simple simple obstacles. You know, or, or there's a or there's some dirt on it which the actor wipes away. Um, this you know this given this physical little given obstacle allows the you know the audience to go uh huh. You know, if they're putting on their shoes and they wipe it off it you know it makes sense to them it gives a sense of realness a sense of aliveness and um this is all dependent when you work with your actors let's say you're giving them the the the, the putting on the shoes and and going outside it's it's given on the basis of who the character is so this, this is the choice that you work with your actors to figure out who they are whether they would wipe their you know shoes you know to have nice shoes for whatever reason it is or whether they wouldn't but we'll get to that at a later stage. The, the primary thing that, that you should look at is when your actors are doing a scene, let's say getting ready to go out and putting on certain clothes, that they're handling those clothes in a way where if there is a little bit of, if there isn't, sorry, a little bit of struggle, that you create that struggle. Now that struggle is, is the obstacle. Um, now on the basis of you know, having a simple scene. Let's let's take for an example of you know two common f- physical uh, everyday rituals, right? One of them can be shaving, the other one can be putting on makeup. Let's say, right? On the basis of of a scene of a character, let's say they, you want them to shave, you give them the 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 task of shaving and and basically going through whatever it is they need to shave so whether they wash their face you know they lather they lather their their beard they wash the um you know they use the the razor or they use the electric machine that's that's at its most core the most simplest way to look at shaving right then what we do is we we create or we give the actor obstacles right we present things like is the shaver uh, dirty all right is the uh water hot or cold the batteries are they are they flat uh, you know because sometimes you know if you don't charge your electric portable shaver um sometimes it will, it will start going flat on you and then halfway through shaving your beard um you know i've i know i've run out of power halfway through and i've had to wait and charge up the sh- shaver a bit more to continue shaving or go out and get new batteries with a half-shaved face. Or is the is the razor in itself the last razor that's there? You know, so the obstacle is it's it's a, um, a used razor. It's not a sharp 
as you can be. So you can you can basically take and and find as many imaginative uh, solutions. These these ones are just on the top of our heads that can actually make the scene a little bit more alive. Now, when you choose these items of of you know obstacles or whatever it is, you always have to take consideration of you know where where they are. Obviously, if it's a person going to to work and they're shaving and they're they're in the bathroom, that's that's the given. That's the given circumstance, as as they call it. And within that, you find what's needed to to shave, and then from then on, you can complicate it in in many ways in order to allow the actor to be tied in to that action. Because what it does is it grounds and it gives a need for the actor's action or objective to be completed right because if they're just doing it in a in just emotions in itself it doesn't ground them in a rootedness of concentration in a rootedness of the need to finish that task to finish shaving or to to finish whatever they need to finish right so it, it roots and grounds the concentration of them being in that place at that time at that specific scene yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's like also it kind of adds other things for the actor to think about or to to meditate on while they're doing the physical task. So, you know, if this character shares is, is with housemates and it's like a planes, trains and automobiles kind of situation, you know, Steve Martin is the uptight, you know, family man, you know, has his life together trying to get home to his family. He wants to shave to look good for, you know, Thanksgiving dinner or Christmas. And he goes to shave and then he's like, wait a second. Why is there hairs on my razor? Did this fat slob that's coming with me, John Candy's character, did he use my razor? Okay. You know, there's hairs on it. But what kind of hairs is it? Is it beard hair or is it pubic hair? What's going on? Um, so there's there's little things like that, like depending on the scene or depending on the story that you're trying to tell, you can add these obstacles that may not be in the script. And you can say, well, it does make sense. You know, if you watch that movie, Planes, Trains and Automobiles, it does make sense that, you know, John Candy as, you know, a, you know, has a heart of gold and he was just trying to look respectable for something else to maybe achieve something else in the story and he needed to borrow a razor and you know it was the only one or he planned to replace it before steve martin woke up but steve martin for some reason wakes up really early because he's dealing with something else in the scene and he has to quickly shave in order to present himself uh professionally in order to get home so it really depends on the story and the characters that makes sense for um, you know, can add some comedic effect, can add more struggle. And as Bucky said, the, the concentration of the actor of don't take things for granted. You know, like we're telling a day in the life story that's a bit unusual, a bit out of place. So things aren't always routine the same day every day. Like you want to add something like today, something's off. You know, sometimes when you're having a bad day, everything that goes, anything that can ha that can happen, that can go bad, does happen. And that's generally when we tell stories. We tell stories on someone's bad day. So, you know, you want to stack 
as much of those physical problems and tasks as much as you can because this is the day that you're you're deciding to tell the story. I mean, if you look at Star Wars, they didn't start at the beginning. They started right in the middle, in the middle of a civil war, you know, because that's what was interesting and that's what took off and that's what captured audiences' attention. They didn't start at the start and said, once upon a time, everything was good and then, you know, bad shit started to happen. No, they started right in the middle of war when everything is literally thrown against the heroes every obstacle all the stakes are so high they're literally on the last resources everything is strung together like there's they don't have really nice ships all their ships are battle damaged and scarred and you know there's only a few left you know their armies are small and fleeting like and if you look at the empire they've got a massive starships you know a giant you know space stations that's the size of a small moon it's just you want to stack things against your characters. I mean, even if you look at the the droids at the start of the of, of Star Wars, you know they're not like all shiny and new. They're they're rusted, and they've got dirt on them, and they're not brand new. You know, so you always want to like throw. And you know where where and where do these robots end up? Right at the start of the movie, they end up on a bloody desert planet with sand. You know. To think about any, you know, bringing a mobile phone to the beach and getting sand on your phone. Like, think of the hell of that. And this is like a robot, a human robot and a little mini tank kind kind of robot going, trudging through sand. Like, how's that going to work? What kind of physical obstacles is that for machines? And we can all understand that, like, oh, my gosh, what a nightmare to be that would be, would it be to be those characters? Like, they're droids. I don't understand them, but I understand from a, having a technology in the desert oh man like they're literally in a hellscape you know what a great way to start a story yeah it's it's a good point i just want to kind of take it away from the events of the the story because i think that's it's a little bit more psychological um in terms of like uh you know them them trying to overcome certain things what i'm trying to get at is something that is presented directly in the scene that that you're dealing with your actors that it's it's let's say an everyday object that gives a sense of uh, little handling of it that that allows a nuanced kind of struggle you know and the reason why that's important is um you know you look at the most typical things that are, that are presented in scenes like character drinking at a bar or you're looking at um you know a character smoking right Two two most common things that most actors take it out, take out a cigarette, light it, and they're smoking a cigarette. Yet those cigarettes aren't providing any obstacles to that character. I mean, they don't have to be, but you can create little moments of struggle where let's say if we complicate that or we create an obstacle to a physical thing like smoking – if a character takes out a packet of, of cigarettes, let's say the cigarettes are crumpled, right? Let's say the pack is crumpled. So what they do is when they handle it, they could they could press it out first before they start smoking it. What if one of the cigarettes is literally wet, right? Then there's a different obstacle to them smoking that cigarette, which they have to deal with it in that moment, in that space, um, in order to complete that action of smoking. It keeps them more grounded and it keeps it real and, and, and alive. 
Or you can have, what if the lighter doesn't work? See, that's another physical thing. It's, it's not such a psychological thing, but it's a small little nuanced thing which creates life, which creates little moments. And if you watch, if you watch the best of the actors, if you watch somebody like Daniel Day-Lewis, if you watch um, Meryl Streep or Robert De Niro, or if you watch, if you watch those, you know, well-known uh, uh, actors that that in their films, if you watch them specifically handle certain objects or specifically do certain tasks. There is always an aliveness and a realness, and it, on the basis of uh, what they do is is how they create obstacles within those little uh, items that they handle, right? And it doesn't have to be something as as huge, like you know, um, you know, some, something that burdens the actor so they can't actually complete it. Because one of the things you have to remember is. Um, it's enough of an obstacle for them to, you know, have so they can actually complete it, but not struggle with it without completion. Because it's it's basically just just a little kind of stepping stone for the completion of that action. It's not, um, you know, it's 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 not you know completely hard and completely um out of their reach that they give up. Because if they give up, then then it's it's you know if it if it's supposed to further the scene, then they shouldn't give up. If if they do give up, or if that is part of the scene, then then of course that that's written in the scene. But I'm talking about like small things, like I said, smoking or drinking. You know, if if a character's sitting in a bar and he's drinking, watch so many films of actors drinking, and then watch the so-called great actors, right, drinking. Most, I'd say, 99% of people will miss the little things that they do the little you know and Paul Thomas Anderson was was uh in an interview um he was talking about how you know he saw Daniel Day-Lewis in Gangs of New York and that's what sparked his imagination to write They Will Be Blood and he mentions he mentions just the little things that he did that he saw him do in in that film like in the opening scene where where they have the big uh, gangs where they fight and there's snow outside and he walks out, uh, Daniel Day-Lewis's character walks out into the snow and takes off his jacket and he does this he does this thing with his foot where he tests the ground. Right? That's a small physical action because he's dealing with what's happening in the scene. It's snowing, maybe the, the ground is hard, blah, 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 whatever it is. It's on the basis of those little things which ground the actor. And which make makes it more plausible. So if we take a thing like an actor uh, sitting and and drinking at a bar, most actors will just I'm given a shot of whiskey and I'm just gonna down it, right? Without actually knowing what the hell they're drinking, without actually knowing or looking at the cup, right? On the basis of of what's around them, right? Maybe and this doesn't have to be it. It's all on the basis of the character. It's all on the basis of who they are, but there could be a possible obstacle to, you know, is the cup dirty? Does it does it have any lipstick on it? Does does the 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 character take out a little handkerchief and wipe it before he he drinks it? You know, does he take ice with it? Is it is a physical thing where, you know, he, you know, the the handling of that object, um, just 
makes it a little bit more grounded and more real rather than just sitting there and I'm at the bar sulking and I'm drinking. He's thinking about drinking. No, it's the little things, the little things which people do in life. And I want you guys to go out there and just, you know, in everyday life, just look at the little things that, you know, the people are doing that most aren't aware of. And those little things are the things that tie in to, to make your scenes more alive, to make them more um, more within the place where, where your actors are. But I don't want you to, when you're thinking of these things or when you're applying it in the scene, I don't want you to to come up with your actors to decide on how these obstacles should be overcome. I don't want you to, to decide, you know, for the actor that, um, you know, you should do this, that, and the other. You know, I, I want you to arrange it in a, in, in a way so the actors can overcome it as they're doing it. You know, as, as they take out the pack of cigarettes out of their pocket and it's crumpled and they see that it's crumpled. You know, they're not going to think oh yeah, it's crumpled, so I have to do it. I have to do it this way because you told me. No, no, no. They deal with it as it's presented to them, right? Um, and I want to give a, a great example um, of, of great, great directing by Francis Ford Coppola, right? And here's, here's, a, here's a man that wanted certain um, wanted to give a certain direction to one of his actors uh, when he did the, the first Godfather, the very opening scene where you have uh, that, I can't remember the, the gentleman's name, the, the actor, he's speaking to the godfather and he's, he's basically, you know, telling him the story about his daughter and blah, blah, blah. And as they were doing that scene, Francis Ford Coppola wanted the scene, he saw the scene a certain way, he saw, this, he saw it in a way where it's, it's more grounded. And what the actor was doing, he was, he was basically, you know, being very gesticulate. He was very waving his hands around and, and kind of being very big for what the scene was. Now, being a great director, instead of um, giving a direct direction to say, no, you've got to stop waving your hands, You're waving your hands too much, which I'm afraid that most directors would end up giving a, a result direction like that. But what he wanted to, what he wanted to do for him to, to basically be more grounded as, as his character and, and not wave his hands around is that character was holding a, a, a glass. He was holding, a, I believe, whiskey or something. It was a drink, alcoholic drink. That as they finished one of the scenes, um, Francis Ford Coppola suggested to one of the other actors to come over, right, during the scene. And when when they poured the drink for the character, right, giving giving the speech, he wanted him to to, to pour the drink all the way to the rim of the glass. So when the uh, character was given the speech. All Francis Ford Coppola said was, "Just hold a hold a, uh, the the cup in your hand and then don't drink from it. Just just tell him what you need." So unconsciously, he got him to to stop moving because the glass was full. He couldn't he couldn't move the glass around. He, otherwise, he would spill it. So he gave him a very simple physical obstacle to to prevent him from you know uh, gesticulating and 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 moving around and and doing all these things that the scene became a lot more grounded. So you have to think in those terms, how do I solve this situa situation in terms of 
you know, the, 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 the physical obstacle. Sometimes, um, you know, physical obstacles can create uh, emotions. They, they can come out of something that, that's in the space that, that creates uh, a, a resistance in a way. Like, for example, if, you, if you've got a character that's, um, you know, breaking up with his wife and he's, he's going to go to the fridge to, to, to make himself a sandwich... If you tell the actor, you know, instead of yelling at her, blah, 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 if, if you're seeing that the emotion is not coming out of anywhere, just tell him, hey, the, the, the fridge has been stuck. The fridge has been stuck for a little while, right? You, it's, it's just just make it stuck before you open it and allow it to, to see what happens from there, right? So even thinking of these little things um, and how to kind of place them in in the scene to, to create these little obstacles rather than to tell your actors you know this, this is what i'm going to give you and this is how you're going to do it because this is your obstacle no 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 if if you if you say hey what if the uh what if the the the, the fridge is a little bit stuck or what if your uh what if your cigarettes are a little bit you know crumpled right or what if you crumple it for the actor and then put it in their pocket Right, without them knowing it. See how they deal with it, right? Or give them a dirty glass. If the actors don't deal with it, well, then I'm afraid they're not actually being present in the space. They're not actually dealing with with what's there. So think of it in those ways. Yeah, absolutely. Um, speaking of The Godfather, I remember a story I heard about Goodfellas and um, Joe Pesci has to like stab... Uh, another one of the mafia guys, or someone that's wronged him, and he's and he's stabbing the 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 corpse with uh, Rob De Niro, and De Niro was like, uh, "Hey Joe, um, just so you know, when you stab around the ribs area, sometimes the knife gets stuck in the ribs." And Joe apparently Joe Pesci was like, "What the fuck? How does he know that?" And it's because. De Niro has done meticulous research about what it's like to to you know the 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 actual physical uh, realities of of stabbing something. So I imagine he grab you know he got a a pig carcass or some kind of animal carcass, and he got a knife and he stabbed it around the ribs. And was like, oh fuck, the the and, and actually had to deal with that, the the knife getting stuck in the ribs, and was like, oh fuck, you know, like this is an actual problem, like this is what happens when you stab a body, is like there'll be some areas where the knife's actually going to get stuck in the body, and you have to rip it out, or you have to jig the knife, or you know what I mean, like if you're if you get your actors, you know, if you got like an actual carcass and you put it in the boot, then there would be this physical task that you go, okay, just stab this carcass, you know. The actors aren't going to know about the knife getting stuck in the ribs. Just go, go go, at it. Like, you're really pissed off, you're really angry. This person killed your family. Go, go to town. Go stab this motherfucker, you know. We've got this pig carcass, you know, we bought it from a butcher. It's already blah, blah, blah. But just go ahead, stab, stab, stab away. And, you know, the knife's going to get stuck. The weapon's going to get stuck. And that's going to drive them, piss them off more because they're going to just think like it's just like the movies where you just stab, 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 stab and you're just stabbing into, you know, 
uh, some dough or, you know, Play-Doh or like something that's, you know, like a pillow where there's going to be no resistance. But no, like a body's made of bone and muscle and tissue and all kinds of different things make up a, a carcass or a body. So the knife is going to get wedged or jammed. And what kind of knife do you have? Is it serrated or is it like one of those smooth knives? What kind of knife is it? That's going to affect how you stab and where you stab and the angle you stab. Like all of these things are going to present an obstacle for your actor that they're not going to expect unless they've done research beforehand and know the realities of what it's like. I'm not saying go out and stab a real person, Um you know, like it's you know, there's there's method and there's method, but like you know, you don't have to like learn how to stab a body to know that. But you know, you get something that you know, like I said, get a, a pig carcass or something that you can try and and see for yourself and go, oh fuck, that does happen. And if you watch certain movies, they know that detail, and you do have the knife getting stuck in 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 the carcass. So just be aware of that, guys, that if you really do your research on certain things that we take for granted, that we think is real, um, sometimes there are going to be obstacles that will present uh, an interesting thing for your actors. And, you know, it's going to frustrate them. It's going to anger them because they're going to be wanting to unleash their fury and their rage and their passion and things are going to go wrong. You know, maybe their hand gets sore. Maybe, you know, something's going to happen that is going to challenge them as well other than, you know, stabbing. You know what I mean? Like their arm's going to get tired. You know, tell this, tell them, like, okay, you're gonna, I want you to stab this body. You do that pissed off, you're going to stab them a hundred times. And, you know, if they've really done their homework and if they really make it personal and thing, they're going to stab it a hundred times. But, man, you get tired after a hundred times. If you stabbed a body a hundred times, you'll you would be physically exhausted by the twentieth stab. So you know there's that obstacle as well. So there's these other things that you know that are a bit more heightened in reality that we like to film and tell stories about. That you got to think about these things as well because you know we see this a lot in movies and that fine detail of the re- of the knife getting stuck. You know that's that's going to add a, a flavor that you know, will make you stand out from the from the pack. Yeah, well, I'm an animal lover, so I'd rather not stab <laughs> stab anything, but that, that's a good point. Um, look, you can research all this stuff. I'm more concerned in if we have a like a hypothetical scene of, of very, and this is like very overlooked by a lot, a lot of people, and uh, t- it took me a very, very long time to, to see it, um, that... It's, it's actually in the smaller things that we do, in the smaller things that, that we handle in our everyday lives that we're not aware of. We automatically handle certain things and, and with a certain amount of uh, control or a certain amount of um, correction to it because uh, we just intuitively do it, whereas on film, it's, it's, it's never there. It's never there on even the most of mundane of tasks. And I want you to guys to, if, if you're thinking about doing, let's say, uh, a scene where you have a character doing certain rituals, and by rituals we don't mean, you know, pagan or religious or, you know, those types of spiritual rituals. We mean, which 
look, they can be included, but we mean certain things that give everyday exposure to us. So basically, like waking up, going to bed, you're making breakfast, you know, um, brushing your teeth, having a shower, um, you know, those mundane little tasks that, you know, we overlook that in life we actually, we, we unconsciously deal with those little moments as as they come right sometimes they're not they're not as uh difficult to overcome or there's no obstacles there there's there's nothing to work with but there usually is something of that nature in film in theater that that you know creates that sense of reality and it allows the actor to actually stay within those rituals stay within the purpose of what they need to do so if we take an example if we do a hypothetical dean and we take an example of a character waking up uh, i'll give you the actions and we'll see how we can complicate it all right let's do a hypothetical if we have a character waking up in the morning and this is this is the action of of the scene of the script they wake up turn off their alarm this is written in the script turn off their alarm they get up put their robe on put their slippers on go make themselves a cup of coffee turn on turn on the shower and then go into their bathroom to brush their teeth right that's the action let's let's keep it as, as simple as that so wake up alarm clock slippers robe they go to the kitchen turn the kettle on for coffee they go into the into the shower, turn on the shower, and they they brush their teeth. How can we uh, complicate just those little actions without without bringing any psychological uh, circumstances? Just with with what we have, with the objects that we have, how can we bring in little dimensions of reality to this? Um, well, I would look at the lighting of the bedroom. Um, so I would see if there's light in the actor's eyes. Um, so are they waking with like light shining in their face? So I'd probably have them facing the window, um, so that they might have to close the curtain or they might want to open them or they might want to, you know, avoid the light or give the light as an obstacle. I would also kind of, um, you know, maybe do something with the sheets Maybe maybe tuck them in. Um, the alarm clock, I wouldn't make it... Um, I would try to put the alarm clock as far away from the actor. Okay, that's that's great. That's that's something we can work with. That, that, that is something that's physical and it's an, it's an obstacle because it's, it's there in the scene. It's what's given. So the alarm clock is further away and it's ringing. That's the first obstacle. Then... We have him getting out of bed, putting on the slippers, putting on on their robe, and going into the kitchen to. Well, I wouldn't put I wouldn't put both slippers together. I'd probably put one slipper there and and hide the other slipper. I wouldn't put it. I wouldn't put it like directly, like too perfectly, unless the character's OCD. Um, it all depends on the on the character. So it depends on the character. I would either you know the night before, if we know they had a rough night before uh, or a rough day before. Um, maybe I, I would um, put the clothes in not in not the typical places where you'd find clothes. Uh, you know, maybe maybe the um, the the 
the the cupboard doors are jammed possibly uh maybe like the doors like on the hinges or maybe like when they open one of the sliding doors like something else is blocking it so there's not a clean path for the door to open i would possibly uh if it's a, it's a dressing gown maybe the um what's it called the belt of the dressing gown and why not connect it to the dressing gown like maybe it's fallen off its hoop or maybe it's like they have to adjust it when they put it on like it's it's in one of the hoops not both of the hoops so it's fallen out of one of the hoops that's brilliant that's that's a good choice that's a very good choice okay so if we move the character going to the kitchen they're putting on putting on the kettle and taking out the coffee any obstacles we can directly deal with any tiny little moments that we can deal with so you know not the water there's no water in the kettle you know maybe someone's unplugged the kettle um because there's not enough power points um there's no coffee or tea or there's or it's like you know right at the bottom so if they're putting sugar in their tea or in, or in their coffee, like I do it like it's kind of, um, you know how sometimes you're at the bottom of a sugar container, like sometimes it gets hard, the mm-hmm. sugar, like I'd probably do something where the sugar is, is, is right at the bottom and it's kind of, it's kind of hard. So they kind of have to break it with the teaspoon in order to free the sugar up. See, so, so to cut you off, see these, these little obstacles, you can put as many as you want or as little as you want, depending on how fast you want the scene to move. And on the basis of creating them, uh, as Dean is saying, I'd put this, I'd put that, without knowing, you know, you can put as many or as little as you want. And then when the actions arise for the for the character to wake up, press his alarm, but hang on, my alarm clock's not there. So they have to deal with that in the moment. And then they go to put on their slippers, but where's, where's the slippers? Oh, okay. And then they put on the robe, but okay, the belt is not there. So I have to readjust the belt. So it's these little little moments that actually tie in everything, right? And they're discovering it as it happens. So, sorry if we if we keep going, if we that's brilliant. If we if we keep going, we go to the shower. We go to the shower and the bathroom. Yeah. So we go into the shower. Uh, yeah. So the 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 soap is probably maybe like you know like sometimes you get a bar of soap and it's whittled away to one of those pieces where it's just like this like the thinnest slab of, of, of soap that if you if you put add any pressure it breaks and then you've got these two little slabs and then you've got to put them together to kind of make another like mini bar of soap. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one thing you could do. Mm-hmm. Um, I could either, you could either put this shower like there's no hot water. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Um, I like that. You could also do there's no shampoo, you know, like they've uh, they've lathered or like the water stops. Mm-hmm. You know, like the water runs out once they've lathered up. That's it. That's 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 good enough. And then we go we go to the bathroom. They're brushing their teeth. Brushing their teeth. Uh, if they're using an electric toothbrush, you could say that the 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 the, the power has gone out, or maybe the the power went it went out. Like there was a uh, a blackout, and maybe the electric toothbrush didn't uh, charge overnight. So there's a very small charge because it wasn't charging, uh, or there's no batteries. All the batteries are low and now there's no more batteries. Um, the toothpaste, there's no um, toothpaste and they have to roll the toothpaste um, tube in order to get the last little remaining bit of toothpaste. I think the toothpaste is one of the ones I, I'd probably do. Um, that would be the easiest one or the yeah. most relatable one is just having very little toothpaste and they have to literally roll it out. So. See, see how we th- th- these are, these are all good examples, and you can keep coming in and thinking of 
of many many examples if if you have uh, a scene where it's where you know the physical actions of the scene and you can basically you know write down or work out with your actors um, as many obstacles or as many little things that that could uh, hinder the action being completed and uh, work with your actors to figure out what what can we keep what what maybe we shouldn't keep depending on whether you want the scene to flow whether you want it to be you know faster or slower or you know you want the character to seem more down and out or depending on how big the obstacle is you know it can be something as small as like Dean said with with the uh, with the belt of the of the um, of the robe you know if it's if it's just in out of one of the hoops so that's just a it is an obstacle but it's just a small little obstacle which ties into the reality you know of them just wanting to cover themselves up maybe you know maybe they're not wearing their any clothes so maybe they just want to you know they're living with somebody and they want to you know cover themselves up or whatever it is um but it it justifies you know using that robe a certain way um which ties into like Dean said based based on the character and based on the situation but the more of these little things you have in the scene with with just the little 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 small you know unnoticed actions the more real your scenes will come they, they'll just they're just going to become more alive and more um and more realistic to an audience so that's it for me yeah thanks guys and uh we'll talk more about obstacles and stakes and all this stuff in future episodes so take care